All of it is supported by Missouri, makers of handcrafted jewelry that's made to last. Looking for the perfect Mother's Day present? Missouri has you covered. Get free shipping on all orders in the U.S. and Canada, plus a two-year warranty. Head to Missouri.com slash all of it or use code all of it for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash all of it. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is all of it. We just spoke about the deep state, and let's talk about the dark web and when the two collide. In 2009, a man named Matthew DeHart received some unusual files on a dark web server that he ran with some friends. Matt alleges that the zip file contained documents which held information regarding an FBI investigation into CIA practices, and he won't share any more specifics. After that, the details of this case get murky. Matt and his family allege Matt was tortured while in FBI custody for trumped-up charges of espionage and that they were targeted for surveillance. Surveillance, excuse me. Meanwhile, law enforcement agents in Tennessee were interested in Matt for another matter, allegations related to child pornography. So is Matt DeHart a whistleblower? Is he a victim of the FBI? Or are Matt's parents more willing to believe conspiracy theories than face the possibility their son could have committed and been involved with horrible crimes? Filmmaker Sonia Kennebeck presents a fascinating investigation in her new documentary, Enemies of the State, which was set to premiere at the Tribeca Film Festival. Sonia spends time examining the DeHart case from all angles. She and her team uncover new evidence that could turn the whole story on its head. And we are speaking with Sonia as part of our ongoing series, Tribecaish, where we talk to the creators of films that were set to debut at Tribeca Film Festival in real life before the city was put on pause. Sonia, we're so glad we're able to talk to you about this film. Welcome to all of it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, there are so many different elements in this story. Dark web, the FBI, alleged child pornography relations, espionage charges. When you went to start this project, where did you begin? You are absolutely right. This, this story has so many different keywords and, and key points. So I'm actually glad that you did the summary. Um, <laughs> when I started... <laughs> When I started the research on on the story, um, it was pretty much the side of the the Hart family that I first encountered. So the the Hart family had been um, talking about their side of the story, which is basically that their son was, you know, framed and tortured by the FBI, and they've spoken to journalists, and they have been yeah, kind of, you know, trying to make their case public. And that was the starting point for me to do the investigation. So when you started, what was uniquely challenging about trying to investigate this story? The story involves the FBI and it involves an espionage investigation. So there's just a lot of secrecy around this matter because um, of national security protection. But then also the other case, the child pornography case, also also involves secrecy um, for the protection of underage victims. So we knew from the beginning this would be very hard to investigate because of all the secrecy surrounding it. In addition, as you said before, it involves the deep web and anonymous and hackers and hacktivism. So these are all areas that are you know, covered in secrecy. And it was very complicated for us. And it took us a lot of time to get mm. 
really, you know, verifiable facts. What are the allegations made against Matt by the FBI? So, well, we have to uh, differentiate that, you know, the, the, the two different cases here that are also intertwined. And that's what makes the story mm. so complicated, but also very intriguing. Um, we have a child pornography case and, um, and that uh, accused Matt or accuses Matt of um, soliciting child pornography from teenage victims. And then there is another case, an espionage case, which is very murky because it is still shrouded in a lot of secrecy. However, um, what this film is really about is our journey of investigation and we dug up a lot of information. Would it be, is it fair to call Matt a hacktivist? He is, or he says he, he was an anonymous member. So anonymous is a collective of hacktivists, hackers, um, activists. You know, some of them use hacking for political means. Um, it, it is a very loose collective. And in the film, I'm actually interviewing one of the world's um, you know, foremost experts on anonymous, um, who's Professor Gabriela Coleman. And, you know, she says it's, when I was talking to her about it, she says, you know, you can't really verify if someone was, mm -hmm. you know, a member of Anonymous. You know, you can say you're a member of Anonymous, which basically means, you know, you you, you consider yourself part of the collective um, with, you know, research on, um, you know, the dark web. You know, you, you do, you know, it, it does become very murky and very difficult to um to, to really, you know, find that type of information, especially years later. However, um, I, I do, you know, assume if, if someone says he belongs to this group, it's not something that you lightly say. My guest is Sonia Kennebeck. We're talking about her film, Enemies of the State. So the, so the parents are a big part of this film, Matt DeHart's parents. And there's this sort of overarching idea that his parents have is, look, my son has information that is damaging and damning to these intelligence agencies. So all of a sudden, these child pornography allegations come up that they are that they are trumped up in some way and that Matt has been treated horribly by by the FBI. You know, and then there's people who think about the parents. Well, of course, they're defending their child. They think their child's being persecuted. But, you know, the facts don't bear out what they say. From your time you spent with the parents, how would you describe them? How would you describe their demeanor? You know, there's this old saying, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean, just because I'm paranoid doesn't mean someone's not out to get me. I mean, Paul and Leanne DeHart are very, you know, complex characters, for sure. Um, you know, on the one hand, they uh, served in the military, both of them, and and they were, you know, during the Cold War, they were intercepting um, and translating foreign communication. So you could, in a way, describe them as, as spies. So, you know, they, they served for a long time. And Paul DeHart, the father, also served um, and worked for the NSA. So they have this, 
you know, deeply military background. And then on the other hand, um, you know, Paul also became after he left the, the working for the NSA, he became a pastor. So they also very Christian, male American. And then on the other hand, what then happens as part of his story is they, they leave the United States with their son. They apply for political asylum in Canada. So they leave everything, their lives behind and sacrifice themselves in a way for their son. So, and, you know, I, I think that's something that people will be discussing. Um, you know, yes, of course, all parents love their children, um, but how far would you go to protect them? My guest is Sonia Kennebec. She is the director and the producer of Enemies of the State. It's interesting about Matt's story because it's been covered before. If you if you Google him, there are several long read pieces on it. Um, as someone who spent a lot of time, obviously, researching this and spending time with the family, what's something that's been, or what's something about the way it has been reported that you think misses the mark or isn't quite right? Yes, this story. Um was pretty widely covered, and not just in, in the U.S. and North America, but also internationally, and he has a Wikipedia entry and a website, and his parents are very active on, on social media. And um, some of the early articles that came out were, you know, longer-term investigations. Um, what I think we did with this film is to, um, you know, dig maybe a little bit deeper. We had the advantage of time um, as independent documentary filmmakers. Um, we really, you know, we can spend years on deep journalistic investigations, which you know, reporters working for um, you know, news publications you know, don't normally have. And there's also time that has passed between the case and um, and our film release now the case you know continued to you know go on after some of this reporting happened so while they were reporting on this case a lot of the key um, interview partners um, you know people who could provide a different perspective of the case didn't want to be interviewed and and you know and didn't want to go in front of a camera or speak to reporters and that's what we really were able to do now that we were able to show different perspectives on this case that at points are very contradicting mm -hmm. and i think that is kind of the interesting part about it that people you know will have to make up their own mind after watching the film how much time did Matt ultimately spend behind bars? He was sentenced to seven and a half years in in prison. He had spent um, years prior to that in, in detention in the U.S. and in Canada, which initially was deducted from his seven and a half year prison sentence. And one of the strange twists in the story, and I, I can tell you the story has so many twists and turns, but um, one of the twists that happened during production was that his, um, his release date was moved back by 14 months, which, um, you know, we, of course, were very surprised about, you know, we were kind of doing research how often it happens. So, um, yes, but his original sentence was seven and a half years. Do you, do you still have questions about this case? 
Yes, I have questions. I think, you know, too much still, you know, and concerning the FBI is shrouded in secrecy. Um, you had a, a conversation before me about, you know, conspiracies and conspiracy theories. And, um, you know, that's what makes this film so timely because it basically starts with a conspiracy and then we start investigating it. And um, I am still following up on the story. Uh, this, this film is, you know, very, it, it spans, you know, a certain time frame and it actually, the last shoot only ended, um, that's in the film was only a few months um, before, uh, you know, it was supposed to be released now at, at Tribeca. So it, it really stretched until now and we are still following up on the case and we are still trying to gather information. So I can, I can tell you it's not over yet. Do are we because it's it's not uh, debuting at Tribeca? Do you have the opportunity to go back in and and add? Well, this film, in a way, is complete mm-hmm. in a sense that um, we we were raising awareness and we're showing the perspectives of the different sides of the story and giving everyone room to to speak and to analyze it thoroughly and presenting a lot of evidence and i'm pretty sure that this is the you know till this date the the most um complete picture of this case however there are still a few threats that we are following Mm -hmm. and yes you know we we will definitely you know stay on top of this case on this research and when will we be able to see enemies of the state do we know yet well, we are working on that right now because, <laughs> of course. Um, you know, <laughs> you know Tra- Tribeca, of course, you know, was a very big deal. But, you know, considering the pandemic, it was important to not have public screenings. Um, we do want to film, get this film out as quickly as possible, however, because I think people need stories and especially documentaries. You know, they, they don't just want to escape, but they want to um, educate themselves. They want to, um, you know, just challenge themselves. And yes, we want to get this film, you know, in front of an audience as quickly as possible. I've been speaking with director Sonia Kennebec about her film Enemies of the State. Sonia, thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All of it is supported by Majuri, makers of handcrafted, ethically sourced jewelry for every day that's made to last. Looking for the perfect Mother's Day present? Missouri has taken the guesswork out of gifting, offering everything from dainty 14K solid gold pieces to pearls, diamonds, gemstones, and more. Make it personal with an engraving, or if you can't decide, check out their curated gift guide. Let them take care of the rest, gift wrapping included. Get free shipping on all orders in the U.S. and Canada, plus easy returns and a two-year warranty. Head to Missouri.com slash all of it or use code all of it for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash all of it.